Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me is the champ has a name and it's Charles Oliveira. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. If anyone listening to the podcast, it's Stu Whiffin, unfortunately. But uh, you've, got, you've got a lovely tan and a bright bleach blonde barnet. What's, what's going on with him? I just wanted to go uh, Blond Brunson. I just wanted to do it. Uh, Your full Blond Brunson. Or Dan Hooker, either way. Or Dan Hooker. I mean, we'll talk about Dan Hooker later, I'm sure. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it it does look very Charles Oliveira, or at least, like, you look like one of his coaches. Lovely. When they all dye their hair blonde. Because you're very tanned as well. Yeah. I mean, we've both been on holiday. That's why this episode's coming a little bit late. Um, And bizarrely, we was both on holiday... Uh, on two separate islands, very close to each other. So we did toy with the idea of um, of trying to do a, a post fight, a post uh, Volk show, and uh, and and. But it, it, I think I looked at the, the the ferry times, and it was four hours, so it, it just wasn't possible. But um, lack so we've of commitment got... from Within, lack of commitment there. You heard it from 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 the champ's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it from his mouth. Like a four hour ferry ride. Nah, fuck that, mate. I just. Well, well, well in, in honesty, I, I dyed my hair grey because I'm, my beard's very grey and my hair's getting grey. And so I thought, right, I'm just going to get it dyed grey. And halfway through the process, um, the, the guy that was doing my hair went, um, yeah, and obviously we have to dye it uh, peroxide white first. And then uh, and then we had the, the grey and then that would leave you grey. And I was like, fantastic. He said, it probably lasts about a week. And I was like, what? And he went, yeah, what? The, 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 nothing sticks to peroxide. So you, you, your grey's it lasts about a week. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, and so, needless to say, I then got on an aeroplane, and within, like, two days, like, there was no grey left on my head, and the sun just absolutely uh, smashed my hair to uh, to this kind of white colour that you're looking at at the moment. Uh, uh, which so is why did ex- you decide to dye your hair grey? Like, because what? I was going grey, and I, I like I like Just grey. let it go grey? No, that because that's too, the, the process is too long. And uh, and I like grey probably also hides where it's thinning as well. So, uh, and, and the blonde does a great job hiding that. So, uh, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, that's kind of... What's not helped is 
like my tan can only be compared to uh, Ray Win the cover of Sexy Beast by uh, Ray, featuring Ray Winston. <laughs> I am like a ridiculously. Uh, I've gone. I'm an Essex boy, so I've literally gone full Essex fake tan. Although mine is legit, which makes the the white hair look even more ridiculous. I, I look like a kind of a Muppet that they didn't actually use in any of the, the, the Muppet films. Like, it's like, we, we can't use that. The eyebrows are different colour to the hair. It's weird. Like, so, yeah. So that's me for uh, for those that I'm watching on YouTube. Um, so I take it you spent your holiday under an umbrella. <laughs> Basically, mate, you know, I know it sounds weird. This room always makes me look pale than what I actually am. I mean, I'm naturally very pale anyway. Yeah. But I'm actually slightly tanned at the moment. Like, okay. you think, this is so pale, but I'm actually slightly tanned at the moment, believe yeah. it or not. Um, but yeah, we were in uh, Sardinia, and obviously, like, my wife's ginger, I'm very pale, the kids are very pale, so we were just shade and factor 50 mm. all day long. Uh, mm. But it was lovely. We had a, a, a lovely, lovely time. We were going to put out a post uh, saying, oh, sorry, we haven't done a post-290 show because we're both on holiday. And I was like, oh, no, I don't, don't want to advertise my house is empty. <laughs> so, because I grew up in Peckham. So like, yeah. like the, my whole life has mm. been like, if we ever went away, it was like, right, Matt, just leave that whole light on. Leave yeah. it on. And, uh, Dude, you you're know, talking to me like I was brought up in the Cotswolds. Like, I li- well, Essex <laughs> I li- to Peckham, there's a big difference. I mean, not now. Obviously, Peckham's a different place. But Peckham in the 90s, it's like you did everything you could to make it look like you had a dangerous dog and your house was always full of people. I love to think as you've gone away, your house is essentially home alone. There's just like kind of moving figurines in the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas music playing in the middle of July. Yeah. Maybe cardboard cut out of Michael Jordan just roaming the house. Perfect. Oh, fantastic. But we're here now and um we uh, we got to have a little catch up this morning um and we was like let's just jump on and, and, and turn this one around quick because there's so much to talk about. So this episode today is is is, is a real sort of catch up but we're going to talk about the fact that it's been announced that Tyson Fury is going to fight Francis Ngannou, which, yes. whether you like these hybrid fights or not, it's huge news in combat sports, so we, we can't not talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about the fact that um, MVP's been released from um, Bellator, so he's currently a free agent, so we're going to look at the, what possibilities there might be, what we'd like to see him do. Um, Obviously, we're going to uh, touch upon uh, this weekend's card. We, we're going to Media Day tomorrow. So by the time this podcast comes out, we'll probably be um, in London at Media Day getting to uh, interview the fighters, which we're very excited about. And then um, Saturday, we should be at the O2 uh, doing what we do there. Um, so we'll touch upon what's going to be happening in London. And obviously, we've not had a chance yet to discuss um, what happened? I know it's old news now, but there's still some great fights, you know, featuring Volk and Dan Hooker and such uh, from uh, from two two ninety, wasn't it? Yeah, and yes. uh, so there's lots to chat about. So should we start with Fury and Garnu? Yeah, yeah. Um, my 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 initial reaction to the whole thing was just I was so so pleased for Francis. Like as mm. as a sporting event, if I'm perfectly honest, I couldn't care less. Like okay. I I I have no. Everyone that's listened to this podcast for a long time knows that I'm not a huge boxing fan. I, mm-hmm. I find it too one dimensional compared to to MMA. Um, and these types of fights where 
an MMA MMA fighter goes on over to fight a genuine good boxer, and in this mm-hmm. case, we're talking about the greatest heavyweight of our generation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see it being non-competitive, a walkover for Tyson Fury, and I, and I have no interest in that. I want to see even matchups where you just don't know what's going to happen and it's the best fight in the best. That's that's what I'm truly interested in. So this, I have no real interest in as a fan, but sure. as a fan of Francis Ngannou and having watched what's happened with him over the last year or so with his leaving the UFC, becoming a free agent, moving to the PFL and all those things, and the backlash from fans of, of him leaving the UFC and joining the PFL and stuff like that, I'm actually really pleased for him. Really, really pleased for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's getting his huge money fight. He's getting his boxing fight. And uh, it seems like it probably couldn't happen to maybe a nicer bloke. He seems like a really top guy. Obviously, unbelievable story of coming from the sand mines of Cameroon, making that yeah. uh, crossing uh, in like a dinghy that nearly killed him on multiple occasions, ending up in a kind of, I don't know if you would call it prison, but where they would keep uh, illegal immigrants uh, mm-hmm. over in uh, in Spain, I believe it was. And then hopping on a train without a ticket to Paris, ending up homeless in a car park, being found by Fernando Lopez, and, and taken into the uh, into the gym uh, uh, over uh, uh, in Paris, and um, and then going on to become a, a UFC champion and stuff. Like it, it's an unbelievable story. It is a movie waiting to happen. Um, and so, yeah, just super excited for Francis. How, what were your initial thoughts when when it came out? The news. Um. Right, so if we talk about boxers fighting MMA fighters, so, you know, in boxing, we've seen your Vitals and your Anderson Silvers, and, and yes, they were all former legends, and, and, and you know, the, the, the boxers they were fighting were, were solid boxers, and, and if you look at Connor versus Mayweather, you know, it was a, it was a Connor, uh, sorry, a Mayweather past his peak, and, and, and I think... Connor gave a very good account of himself in that fight. I thought he'd done a lot better than I thought he was going to do. Um, but for this, I see this a little different. I see this as I do the the the, the idiot in me loves. We're going to find out who the baddest man on the planet is. I know when, it's uh, we're not in Francis's uh, you know chosen skill set, um, but. Francis could knock him out. Francis is anyone he can knock him out. It can happen, right? And that, that that's a, that's a cold fact, right? Um, but I wonder if that hairdo is affecting your brain. It's like, like the, the peroxide has trickled into the brain cells. It can happen. It's heavyweight boxing. It's one shot. It always, ha- you know, it can happen. I'm concerned. You know, obviously Tyson Fury is a monster of a man and moves like a middleweight, and and I, I do think he will. Move jab and completely outbox him, um, but yeah, the, the the child in me wants to see who the, the the baddest man on the planet is. But incredible for for um, for Francis. I think when they make the movie, this is an amazing bit to add to it as well. But where I think this falls apart is what it means for heavyweight boxing. It's a sham for heavyweight boxing. Um, you've got to look at. Um, Usek, right? So Usek, you know, should be fighting Tyson Fury. That's the fight that needs to happen. Um, and if that doesn't happen to, to to unify the division, then 
he should be fighting uh, an, an Anthony Joshua, which is a huge fan fight. And 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 there's obviously lots of other fighters that are, are, are causing scenes in, you know, he can't fight Wilder again. Obviously, we don't want to see him fight bloody, uh, what do you call it, uh, Derek Chisora. You know, there's some poor choices of, of, of opponents there. But I think it doesn't reflect very well on heavyweight boxing. I think this is... Something. This is a, a spectacle, isn't it? And it, it's you know from and and we should make it clear that if Francis wins, he's not the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. The title is not on the line, mm-hmm. um, and so it is. It's not an exhibition match. It goes on their records. So I think that's quite important. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of these hybrid fights, but I'm not going to moan about it because I know I'm going to watch it. And uh, and I'm going to be, you know, it's going to be a spectacle that I don't want to miss. And I, I, I do think if he lands a lucky shot, because he's got big, heavy hands. Deontay Wilder's got ridiculously heavy hands. And literally, how on earth Tyson Fury got up from being hit that hard? You know, that's got to be something that Francis is going to think, oh, Christ, yeah, he got hit with a sledgehammer and got back up and then nearly knocked... Deontay Wilder at uh, and went on to, to to win the fight. I'm not the the you know the the biggest Tyson Fury fan, um, but as a heavyweight boxer, I do think he's up there with one of the greatest of all time. Um, he's you know he's his record is undeniable. You know the the guy's unbeaten, and uh, and I think this this makes for an interesting spectacle, and it's lovely to see. You know, I would like to have seen when that fight got announced, rather than seeing Francis's joy or Tyson Fury's kind of smug like, this is going to be special, I'd like to have seen Dana White's face. I'd like to have seen <laughs> how Dana reacted to that. You know, I'm surprised he didn't announce George St. Pierre versus Anderson Silva or something <laughs> like that in a heartbeat. Like, I was expecting I was expecting some Connor news. I thought he was going to announce Connor Chandler Day or something like that. Um, you know, to take the eyes away from uh, what had happened there. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a spectacle, and I'm going to watch it. Right. I mean, I don't know if it is so much of a spectacle, is it? The Connor Mayweather one was a huge spectacle because Connor was such a big crossover star. And Garnu to us is this amazing star, like power, most powerful puncher in MMA. Uh, but to the gen, the the casual combat sports fan or the, the casual boxing fan. No, I, I disagree. I disagree on got, boxing fan. You think so you you think the casual boxing fan is interested in Francis Ngannou? The the the, the marketing for it's going to be huge, right? And it's a heavyweight champion of the world. This is bloody this is yeah, Rocky so versus Thunderlips. But Thunderlips fucking <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. But that's the thing. It's not, though, is it? Fucking. That's a great reference, by the way. Um, there's going to be so many young people listening. It's just like, what the fuck is Thunderlips? Go watch um, Rocky Three. Yes, there's the start of Rocky Three, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan, yeah. I love it. It's like, great. Um, you and your blonde people today, you're loving it. Any inspiration <laughs> from blonde men, you're all over it. Um, I'm going to finish this show by ripping my shirt. <laughs> Please do. Um, uh, so. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the seeing who the baddest man on the planet is, uh, they've missed a trick because 
this is just a boxing match. Mm. You can't find out who the baddest man on the planet is in a boxing match because there's too many rules. Mm -hmm. So I just completely shut off from that, that idea of... And if they market it like that, I'm going to get pissed off. Because if it's mm. like, we're going to finally see who the baddest man on the planet is. Me, Tyson Fury, the Lunar the Heavyweight Champion. And Francis Ngannou, the former UFC champ, and he was never beaten. He's the lineal MMA champion, all that stuff. Like, whatever. We're going to see who the baddest man. No, we're not. We're going to see a man that does one sport beat a man that doesn't do that sport at the sport that he does so well. Sure. Like that makes it like that. that that's yeah, it not, does. That's of course, nothing. it does. Like what what they should be doing, in my opinion, to make this more exciting, to make this a spectacle, is go. All right, blindfold them. We'll do it with <laughs> <laughs> blindfold them and give them like weapon. No, uh, sell it. <laughs> sell a tape like big sticks to their hands. No, uh, I no. What they should do, in my opinion, is do it in four ounce gloves. Mm-hmm. And allow kicks as well. So, so it becomes a kickboxing match in four ounce gloves. Now, that means that Francis can't use all of his skills, but Tyson has to deal with Francis being able to use some of his skills. And it's in four ounce gloves, mm-hmm. so it's probably going to be over pretty quickly because the way these two punch and you can't use the gloves to protect yourself quite so much, like something like that. And just for shits and giggles, put it in a cage. Yeah. Like just, just just do that for fun because I don't know how much difference that would make or wouldn't make. But if you really want to see who the baddest man again, I'm not saying Tyson Fury should go into MMA. If he fights MMA, he's gonna probably get smashed because someone's gonna take him down and and mash him. Up. And again, when when there was the rumors of the John Jones Tyson Fury fight that Dana White wanted to happen uh, a little while ago. Dana White was saying, if he really wants to know who the baddest man in the planet is, let's let's do Tyson versus Jones in the UFC. It's like, well, we know who's going to win that already. That's that's pointless. But doing a sort of genuinely doing a hybrid fight, I would watch that. Fury versus Ngannou. If I'm in someone's house and they're going to pay for it or whatever, I'll watch it. Otherwise, I'll probably just find out about it through Twitter. I'm not going to pay my money to watch Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. I'm not doing it. But if okay. they'd have done some kind of genuine hybrid fight that made it unique, just complete. We've seen MMA fighters go over to boxing. We know how the story goes. Do something different. Do something unique. Make mm. it fun. Mm. That's that's what I think they should have done. Make it yeah. more fun. Give it Actually make it a hybrid fight rather than mm. just an MMA fighter going over to boxing. Do you know what's crazy? What? The one success story in all of this, Mike Perry. <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> but again, he's not going over to fight boxers, is no, he? No, no. I'll tell you what, I listened to Mike Perry on Rogan, and uh, and he was talking about the differences between boxing and, um, and bare knuckle. And, uh, and it was actually quite a, a, an interesting listen. But um, see, when you said about a lad kicking, right, what's weird is my go-to thing was, well, Francis will smash Tyson Fury's to legs. Smash his legs to pieces, uh, and you know that that's not fair. But then it is fair because it's uh, you, you're meeting halfway, right? Because yeah. other than that, it's Tyson Fury doing what he does, and he's not just like a good boxer; he's the best, one of he's the, best, the best, best ever. 
Like, um, so and yeah, it's not like I, Francis is known for his kicks. He's not a heavyweight Edson Barbosa. Yeah, like he's yeah. not known for his kick. I know he can kick, and obviously Tyson would have to spend some but, time learning okay, how to on check that point, a kick. Or on something. that point, what's Francis known for? Big heavy hands. Yeah, but boxing. That, yeah, but no, it's, no, you know, you're just saying that to wind me up. <laughs> he's known for big, heavy hands. Tyson's dealt with people with big, heavy hands that are like Francis Ngannou taking on probably Derek Chisora now is probably like Derek Chisora will probably smash him up in a boxing match because Derek knows what he's doing more in a boxing match. Dillian White would probably smash Francis Ngannou up in a boxing match because you know. So then when you put. Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou, a guy that's beat all those guys a few times over. It just seems pointless to me. Okay. I just, I don't get it. I'm not, I'm not into it. One more thing on this fight, okay? And and I, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. You know, I'll, I'll watch it because I think it is a spectacle. I'm not excited about it, and uh, and I think as as a boxing fan, I do, do not think it reflects well on the heavyweight boxing uh, scene. Um. So this fight's happened, right? It's it's agreed. What would have been a better fight for Francis Ngannou as as a fighter in the PFL? What would have been a better option? Oh, but I'm not arguing that. Like mm. th- for Francis Ngannou, that's why I started this episode by saying I was so pleased for Francis. Sure. sure. That's because the 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 I saw some figures recently. Someone put out that Francis is only going to make $8 million for this Tyson Fury fight. And then that was disputed because the UFC offered him $8 million to fight John Jones. Now, from what I've heard, that whole $8 million figure is a load of nonsense. And I think Ariel Helwani tweeted something similar, that from talking to Ngannou's managers, he doesn't know the exact figure, but he's more likely to be getting eight figures. Not $8 million, but eight figures to fight Tyson Fury. So my whole thing is I'm happy for Francis. If your team, Francis Ngannou, you have smashed it. You could Mm. not have done any better. You've left the UFC as a free agent, as Mm. the UFC champion. You've gone over to make much more money in the PFL and also, I think, look really brilliant by fighting for the rights of other fighters. Of Of course. And... You've landed the fight no one thought you could land. You've landed the biggest money fight you can in Tyson Fury, which some people are estimating could be, for that one fight, more money than he made in his whole UFC career. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think he could not have done better. There's not a fight in the UFC that would have paid him this much. He ain't going to get that fight in Tank Abbott in the PFL, mate. No, well, no, of course not. But, it, but, it, that, but he wouldn't have got it in the UFC either. Like, mm. He could not have done any better. If you're Team Francis, you have absolutely smashed this. And any talk about him, quote unquote, fumbling the bag when he left the UFC and no one was after him and one championship was saying when he was after too much money and people were moaning about him and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and obviously people saying, oh, he ran from John Jones when actually John Jones could have fought him for two and a half, three years, whatever it was, but decided not to move up to heavyweight until Francis had left. So all that stuff, I'm really happy for Francis. I think he's been through the mill with it. We know the story about him being on the way to the fight against Cyril Garn when he had one knee. He had one knee going into mm. that fight. 
and he goes into the fight against Cyril Garn and gets a message email or whatever sent to his manager or whatever about them suing him because the UFC suing Francis because he's had a a, a chat with the guy that owns Triller, Jake Paul's boxing yeah. or former boxing thing or whatever it is about something, even though it was just a chat. It was it was nothing official, nothing. So they they really tried to put it on Francis a lot, and um and he's come out of it. Absolutely smelling the roses, and as you say, the face that you would have wanted to see when that was announced was probably Dana White's. Yeah, and I, and I hope that that gives inspiration to other UFC champs. You know that you know that they that you know they can change their destiny. They can go elsewhere and and facilitate you know other things. You know, it's not all you know to be controlled by Dana's Dana's wallet. So yeah, um, well, one of the other things that that popped up in, in, in the news uh, this week, um, which could lead to a, a hybrid fight. You know, um, I'm talking about MVP being released from his contract uh, with Bellator. Um, and we've obviously seen um, MVP box uh, on one of the David Hay promotions. Um, so, you know, we, we've seen him and, and get a win. Um, and bare knuckle where he lost to Mike Perry, wasn't it? Of course. I, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um so my my initial thoughts are he's probably not going to go to uh, bare knuckle, but so I want to know wh- where you think on where you'd like to see him go because I think maybe five six years ago, you know, around the time of the cyborg knockout and that highlight reel that was you know untouched really in in Bellator, I'd like yeah. to have seen him go to the UFC and 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 see yeah. what he could have done. Um, I'm. I'm a big fan of MVP, but I'm yeah. not sure that him moving to the UFC now will be as much of a big deal as it would have been maybe four, five, six years ago. No. No. Look, he is, I think, 36 years old. He's only got two losses on his record. One to Douglas Lima, a loss that he avenged. Yeah. And then uh, recently Logan Storley, big wrestler, and that's just one of those yeah. things. And some I people thought some people didn't think he lost that fight. Yeah, I, think... I mean, yeah, it's a split decision. Um, I, I think he's still got a lot to offer. Yeah, I I don't think he would challenge for the title in the UFC. I think the UFC has got too many very very strong um, wrestlers in the welterweight division, whether it be Colby, Kamaru Usman, Hamzat Shemaev, uh, uh, Rachmanov, Shavkat Rachmanov, um, uh, amongst a, a few others. Um, so I don't, I don't think I would see him challenging for the belt. And sadly, I don't think the UFC would pay him what other organizations would, whether it be the PFL or one championship. I can see him going to one championship or maybe the PFL. And I think both of those organizations would be lucky to have him. I think he'd be a fantastic asset to them, uh, especially if he can put a couple of wins together and get some highlight reel knockouts in, say, the PFL, and they can put that out there on ESPN and wherever else they do their stuff. I think that would be great for them. My, As a fan of Michael Venom Page... I do want to see him in the UFC because I think there's a few fights there that would just be absolutely fantastic to watch. And I think, you know, the the dream fight and has been for many, many, many years when he was in Bellator and if it is 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 Michael Venom Page against Wonderboy. 
Yeah. That's the dream fight. Those mm. two, it's it's like kind of like the Spider-Man meme type thing. Those two karate style guys bouncing around on their toes against each other. It'd be like watching a karate combat type fight or something like that. Like, it would be super fun to watch that. Obviously, Wonder Boy is coming up against Michelle Pereira, which is another fight I'm super excited about. I love Michelle Pereira. I think there's welterweight fights out there for MVP that could be loads of fun. Loads of fun in the UFC. And that's where I'd really want him to go. But I fear that for someone like Michael Venom Page, even in his kind of later years at the age of 36, I think the UFC would... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Look at that and go, ugh, do we want to pay big money for this guy? They'd probably offer him a contract because they know he'd be good to have in the UFC for certain fights. But I don't think they'll pay him the kind of money that one championship or PFL would pay him. And yeah. so I think he'd end up at those organizations and not in the UFC, which would be a, in some ways a real shame. But for him, really good. He goes and makes money and stuff. So And yeah, probably I mean, wins a belt. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. You, the, I think people underestimate some of these kind of smaller, or I say smaller, one and PFL. They're not small, but they're smaller than the mm. UFC. I think people underestimate the talent in those mm. organizations. But there's no dispute in it's an easier run at the belt. Yeah. Going to I mean, the there's PFL some interesting potential hybrid fights as well in, in uh, one championship as well. You know, what we've seen Demetrius yeah. Johnson doing. So there, there is, yeah. you know, I, I'd love to see that that sort of karate style against, you know, a, a Muay Thai fighter. I, I'd be really intrigued to to see how that would play out. You know, I, I think the child in me is, is, is always wanting to see, like, you know, different styles yeah. of fighters fight each other, you know, and and to see, you know, the Muay Thai versus, you know, kickboxing or whatever you want, or karate, whatever. You want to sort of um, tag tag MVP as I think there's some interesting things at one. Um, I don't think at one or PFL it does his stock as a big name any huge favors. I think Bellator. I think at the moment is probably safe to say is in, in certainly in MMA is the the second biggest organization. And I think you know you you see in so many of the UFC fighters go to Bellator, um, and so. 
you know, he's he, he didn't say that he's not going to go back to Bellator. He said that, you know, the, 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 it's just his contract ended. So I think he's just saying, to quote him, I think I'm unemployed and let's have a look what's on the table. And and like you say, I, I don't think in in any of them, in all them other organisations, whether it be Bellator, one or PFL, they're going to, I would presume, offer him bigger money than what the UFC is because he's got potential to be a champion in them. He's back, he's, you know, he's highlight reel, he's so marketable. Um, I do think the UFC could do an amazing job marketing him with, with that highlight reel uh, and set up some some fun fights. But I, I think maybe the businessman in MVP. He, what's MVP after legacy or money at 36 years of age? I think maybe money. Like, yeah, I'd say so too. I mean, and and you can't blame him for that. You know? Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's only got a few years left, and and again, the style of MVP is Doesn't. not one that necessarily age well. You know, he's not just a a, a, a strong technical wrestler or grappler or anything All like speed. that. All speed, speed, and explosive kind of accuracy and power, and you know what? So, and I'm not saying that he st- doesn't have those things. I'm just saying that stuff leaves after a while, and you know he's a welterweight, not like a bantamweight or anything. So he, you know, yep. he's got a bit more time, but he's already 36. Yep. So I think get get that bag of money now while yep. you can, because in two years' time it might fall off. I mean, I feel like we've seen it with Wonder Boy. I feel like Wonder Boy is still doing brilliantly because he's that damn good, but. I do feel like when Wonderboy comes up against the top level guys, particularly the, the the grapplers, the wrestlers, his ability to sprawl and get away from that and defend the takedowns is not what it was. He doesn't mm. have the explosive kind of defensive speed that he had when it comes to defending the takedowns, I think. So, uh, yeah, it, we might see that with MVP as well. I, I think, you know, you put an MVP in with a, a Kamaru Usman or something like that, I, I, I see... That, that the limitations as, as a grappler would, yeah. would probably be exposed, but you don't know. You know, I think we all thought that with Leon, and look how Leon, you know, changed his game and 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 yeah, interesting. Um, well, by all means, drop us a message on Twitter. Um, we've posted about this uh, on Instagram and Twitter, so um, get commenting. Head over there and let us know what organisation you'd like to see MVP fighting. Let us know the dream fights you'd like to see him fighting, and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll tally them up and have a look and uh, and let you know where it went. Um, um, shall we move and, on to UFC two ninety? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Right. So, um, do you know what? Before we do go on to UFC 290, I think we should mention that we, uh, and you're probably getting bored of us saying this now, but we want to keep saying it. Uh, we've partnered up with a great charity called Gamcare, who um, are there to help people with with gambling problems and not just people that are gamblers, but also family and friends of people suffering with a gambling addiction. You know, if if you are someone that, you're you're getting into debt. You're living uh, paycheck to take paycheck, or you're you're thinking that your your paycheck would benefit from you gambling, anything like that. Gamcare can really help you. They provide a twenty four seven helpline for you to call. As I said, twenty four seven, day or night, if you need any help with a potential gambling addiction, or if you're someone who is family or friend of someone that might be suffering with a gambling addiction. They not only do a 24-7 helpline, they have like a, an instant messenger kind of like chat service as well if you're too nervous to speak to someone on the phone. And also 
they offer counseling sessions um completely free counseling sessions you could do over like a, a zoom type thing or over the phone anything like that so that you can get help to battle an addiction that can really really damage and ruin your life um so the uh, have you got the number for that Stu? i have i have yeah so if you want to call and speak to them direct ring 0808 802-0133. The number will be in the show notes to this as well. Um, or just head over to Gamcare, G-A-M-C-A-R-E dot org dot UK. Gamcare dot org dot UK. And as soon as you open the website, there's a little pop-up saying talk to someone. And uh, and you can have a, like Blake said, have a chat on there if you don't feel comfortable speaking uh, on the telephone. That's Gamcare dot org dot UK. Yep, as I say, they they do fantastic work. But um, we will move on to UFC 290 because what a night! I mean, to be fair, I know we didn't really think about our holidays too much when we were booking them. We couldn't have booked them at the worst time in terms of like a UFC card that was so friggin' good. It was so good. It exceeded expectations. It was an absolutely fantastic card. Fast finishes. I woke up about four foot because I flew the morning, Sunday morning. So that I, I got up at like four something to watch some of the fights, and then we got ready to go and, and get on our get on our flight. Um, it was incredible. I mean, let's start with with Volk. We're not going to go too deep into like. Sorry, who? Volk, former oh, former. Oh, good. Two time. Want to say two time former guest of the show. Yes, that's his full name, the two-time former guest of the show, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to go too deep into, like, the intricacies of the fights themselves, but more look at, like, where, where we are in the aftermath of it now. I mean, but it was a phenomenal performance from, from Volkanovsky, wasn't it? Uh, do you know what? I thought I thought your year done all right. I, I, I thought in that that first round, I thought he, he he put on a pretty good account of himself. There were some low kicks, and uh, there was a couple. He still bloody done it, Volk. He still nodded when he got caught. He, he still did it, acknowledged didn't he? We it. We told and him I, to not do that when he was I on the show. Said, Stop <laughs> nodding at your opponents when they hit you because it makes the judges aware <laughs> they've hit you. But um, but yeah, I, I, you know, we, we we just saw, in my opinion, pound for pound champ just come into oh. his own and just adapt. And nullify, and yeah, and, and finish, and yeah. I mean, I think when they went back to the corner uh, at the end of the second, Yair looked beaten. Yeah, like yeah, and, and, and like they, they, you know, he was beaten and bloodied as well. And uh, but you know, I, I, I love Yair Rodriguez. I, I think he's a fantastic sportsman and, and and a fantastic ambassador for mixed martial arts. And uh, but yeah, I think. You know, obviously we saw him look phenomenal against uh, Josh Emmett, but I think when uh, he stepped up to to fight Volk, it was just a a step too big. 100%, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to go too much into the the, the intricacies of the fight itself, but the fight-ending sequence for me was so beautiful and sort of encapsulated everything that Volk's about. Like, just, it's so well-rounded. And in that last kind of, like... 20 odd second sequence of the fight the body he shot, does body shot. but he does everything yeah so that the, the, the he's actually Yair's actually coming at him with a couple of decent kicks and throwing some of the, the unique stuff that he does and lands a few on volk in the lead yeah. up to this section that i'm talking about and volk 
defensively does incredibly well. Counter strikes him with, I think it was a right hand, which really wobbled Yair. And Yair started yep. smiling as like a cover for like, oh, fuck, I'm actually quite hurt here. <laughs> and yeah. it was like mo- defensive movement, counter strike, sees that Yair is hurt, smells blood, goes for the finish, not only hits the head, but as you said, rips to the body and then immediately takes him down, which to me shows such great fight IQ because he was like, I'm ripping this guy up on the feet right now, but I know he's so dangerous on the feet and I've had success in the fight on the ground. Let me just get it to the ground. So it was like, smash to the head, couple of rips to the body, straight in for the takedown, takedown. So Yair didn't know whether to cover up Sprawler. He didn't know what to do because there was so much going on for Volk. And then he just did that incredible kind of patented Volk ground and pound now that we're all coming to, to recognize so well, where he starts on his knees in a guard or something. He's laying down the strikes. Then he just sort of hops up on his feet. And obviously, because he's quite a short bloke, he's just on his both his feet, but short and stocky and raining down those heavy punches on fighters. You don't see fighters do that very often, mm. like ground and pound people from their feet. Mm. And I just, I, I just think it's so special that he did all of these things in such a short period of, of, of time in, within that round. And it just, to me, encapsulates so many brilliant aspects of Volk's game. Defensively, offensively, ground the pound, just so well-rounded, fight IQ, everything. And it, yeah, he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Obviously, we're slightly biased because we think he's a great guy and because he's been on the show a couple everyone of Everyone thinks but... he's a great guy. Yeah. Yay Rodriguez, maybe not, but like everybody thinks he's a great guy. And, Do you know what? Uh, I think he does think he's a great guy because he went 100%. up to him afterwards and was saying how like, oh, you made me train so hard for this fight. I knew you were so dangerous. Mm. What, what respectable, just brilliant champ. Mm. I love him. I think he's so great. Um, but before we, we move on to, oh, the, yeah. you know, to, to the more part, as he left the ring... He had a little catch up with someone, didn't he? And uh, and there was yeah. there was a little face off. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. See, this is the interesting thing. What's next for Volk? So he's just had some arm surgery. He said for the last year he's been having this problem with his arm, and then in this latest camp it's been really bad. He's been doing all these fights with like Islam Makachev and that performance against Yair and all that with a slightly busted arm. Like, I mm. mean, what is he capable of if he's fully fit? Um, yeah. So, yes, he had the, um, he's spoken about on our show, when we had him on the show, he spoke about wanting to rematch Makachev after this fight. That is possibly still up for grabs if Volk wants to turn it around quickly after arm surgery. Just quickly, Makachev called out Leon Edwards yesterday uh, in Dubai. And Volk responded saying, are you running? Do you not want the smoke? And then Ilya Taporia <laughs> responded to Volk saying, oh, are you running? You don't want the smoke. Oh, so it's, all, <laughs> it's all kicking off. But, uh, but yeah, so clearly the situation is, I think, is that Islam needs a dance partner for Abu Dhabi in October. It, Charles Oliveira has said he's not going to be ready for that, which I think is a mistake. Well, it's not a mistake. If Charles isn't ready, he's not ready. But... I, don't, I think Charles Oliveira could be surpassed. I don't think he's punched his ticket to a definite title shot with that win because over Darius because the MMA media, everything, it moves so quickly. We've got Dustin Poirier against Justin Gaethje coming up. And Islam Makhachev is not the most active of fighters. If he fights in October, he may not fight again until April. And the winner of Dustin versus Justin could then after whatever beating the winner probably takes from the other loop from the other one is them ready to step in for the next title fight. And then Charles Oliveira is there just twiddling his thumbs. So 
uh, I don't know how what Charles's issue is if he's genuinely injured and he can't do anything about it or if there's something else going on there I don't know but I think he could be surpassed very easily in this run to the title and he could end up staring down the barrel of fighting another contender before he gets a title shot if he doesn't act quick and book this October fight um in terms of Volk if he wants to come back from his arm surgery that quickly and take on Makachev then good luck to him. I think that's a mistake. I think if you're having arm surgery, let it heal, get a proper camping, all that stuff. But Volk's not getting any younger. Um, and I suppose he, he wants to achieve greatness while he's on this run, and I don't blame him. And if he goes up and fights Makachev and loses again, he's still going to be considered one of the greatest ever featherweights ever and probably one of the greatest fighters that we've had as long as he gets one or two more title defenses at featherweight in. Uh, I really think he's that good. I really think he's so brilliant. Um, I just don't want him to move up and fight Islam so quickly that the arm is a factor or that he hasn't been able to train properly. I really want to see that fight with a good build-up because the first fight was so good. I want to see that rematch between those two with the proper build-up and with everyone on a proper uh, legitimate kind of long fight camp to prepare for the other one. I think that's when that fight will be best. Do you, do you think he'll fight Islam next or Tapuria? What do you think? Um, does Tapuria uh, has he done enough to get the shot? Yes, Tapuria so? just 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 beat Josh Emmett, who was a tight uh, interim title sure, challenger. Sure, sure. I think, in, and also Volk has beat Max Ortega. You know, unfortunately, Arnold Allen lost to Max, so he can't really just get in there yeah. coming off a loss. Okay. So I think yes, Ilya Tapuria is the next guy. He's punched his ticket. He is the next guy, without a shadow of a doubt, to fight for the belt next. I I think. I think, you know, even from like speaking to him on the podcast, like he clearly wants that Makachev fight. You know, he he must have watched that back and thought, there's things I could have changed in my game where I could have, A, stopped fucking nodding at him. Um, <laughs> like, but there, there's things he could have done, you know, where, where not, you know, very, very little things, and he would have won that fight. You know, a few changes, and, and you know, he, he, he gave Makachev the best fight he's ever had. And yep. and and as and as he said as well, Volk said like some people think he won that fight, and mm-hmm. and so I, I think he must look at that and think, well, you know, I've now got the experience of, of 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 going in the octagon with him. I know what's coming. If I do this, 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 I think I've got a great chance of winning. Uh, mm-hmm. And you you can see, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete, um, uh, Volk. I, I think that's the fight he wants, and I think that's the fight he'll probably get. Um, calling out Leon Edwards, um, in all honesty, I think maybe Makachev thinks Leon Edwards would be an easier fight than Volk. Uh, and I think, you know, that's a way to, to, I mean, yes, we saw incredible takedown defense from, from Leon. Um, but I, I think if you, if you was to look at what the bookies would put on that, I reckon he would be, uh, I, I reckon you'd get better odds on Volk fighting him than what you would um leon i yeah i mean i think it's more to do with islam's probably just happy to fight in dubai he has mentioned Mm -hmm. going up to it's not an easy cut for him making lightweight Mm -hmm. his future is at welterweight um i think that's a way for him to step out 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Khabib's shadow a little bit as well as to become a two-weight champion, which Khabib never did. Um, and I think that he's looking at Edwards because Oliveira said he can't make it. Volk's injured and only just fought. Uh, Dustin Justin the winner of that's probably going to be smashed up by October so they're not going to be ready for it um, I love the fact this is a given that they're both going to be smashed women's for such a good fight yeah. it's such a good fight isn't it but it'll be so unexpected if in the first round one of them knocks the other one out taking no damage yeah. that'll yeah. be so un- I mean it might happen but mm. it's very unlikely um, so yeah, so 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 Islam's out of options. And for Islam, I don't think it's about the opponent so much as the date. He wants to fight. And, and also the UFC know that Islam Makachev in Abu Dhabi, huge draw. Huge mm. draw. So, Do you think, do you think Leon would fancy it? I think Leon would do it. I think Islam Makachev, I think he doesn't like the idea of Colby because Colby hasn't earned the fight. And Leon is all about earning it. And as much as you can say, oh, well, Islam hasn't had a fight at world weight, he hasn't earned it. But he's the champion in the weight class below. These things happen. Once you're a champion in a weight class below, you can just kind of move up. I'm not, I don't think it's always fair. Islam's only defended the belt once and there are contenders. So I don't think Islam should just move up. But if he does, I get it. And I think it's a bigger fight for Leon. I think he likes the idea of fighting in Abu Dhabi. I don't think he likes Colby Covington as a person. So I think he doesn't want to give Who him does? that shine anyway. Who does? Yeah, weirdos. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I think Leon would take it and I think mm. he'd be happy with it. Um, you think he could win it? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think it'd be a tough fight for him because mm. I think Islam's a very, very good fighter. But I think Leon Edwards has got good defensive wrestling. He's been training for the last few years to fight Kamara Usman's, Colby Covington's, all these top-level wrestlers. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for sure Leon Edwards can win that fight. I think he'd be a better striker than Islam, um, mm-hmm. even though I think Islam's striking is underrated. 100%. 100%. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, would it be a tough fight? Yeah. I actually think he could do better against Colby than Islam. I think Islam's a harder fight than Colby. But... Yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't take it. It's a bigger fight for more money. And he's the champion mm. in that situation. Pay-per-view points and all that stuff. For okay, sure, so, get that fight. So let's have a look at this then. So uh, wrestler Colby Covington, right? Worst case scenario, he beats Leon Edwards and becomes the champ. Colby versus Islam. Who wins that? Oh, man. That's a really good question. Because I... Well, do you know what? I think Islam looked like he was getting very tired at the end of the Mm -hmm. Volkanovski fight. But I do think that weight cut takes a lot out of him. So up at 170, we might see an even more kind of rejuvenated, fresher Islam Makachev. Colby is a cardio machine, though. I think 
neither of them would really take the other one down or be able to take the other one down. So it would be a stand-up fight. I think Islam striking is better than Colby's, but I think Colby has got a very good chin. And I think Colby is one of those kind of just constantly on you and wearing you down. I think it'd be very... I would, I would, I would favour Islam, but I think it would be a good good fight. But I hope I don't see it because I want Leon to be the champion smash Carl. Yeah, of course of course of course um, absolutely we've uh we've lingered for longer on this than i thought we would i mean yeah. is that uh, just to, to whip through a few other things on ufc 290 how good was the pantoja moreno fight yeah you called it as well didn't you i didn't want to say but yeah i didn't mm, like didn't yeah call that uh, yeah fantastic fantastic um, fight and also, uh, pantoja was driving for uber eats only a couple of fights ago did you hear that no Pantoja, only a couple of fights ago, was driving for Uber Eats. He's got like four or five sons or, or something like that. And he, yeah, yeah, they all know, come in the, 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 the Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful scene. Beautiful scene. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, like was driving for Uber Eats only a couple of fights ago. And this is a guy that's now the champion and was always... It wasn't like he came out of nowhere and was unranked. Yeah. Was, has all been in the top ten, five, whatever it is, for a good few years. I know he's not been the most active lately. Mm. But and maybe that's why. But it doesn't look great on the sport, does it? When no. you're like a guy that's no, an athlete in the top not. top five, and is now the champion. Two years ago, was driving for yeah. Uber Eats whilst he was still in the top five. Yeah, it's a it's not a great look for the sport. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's to be done about that. And then well, there look, was the we, go on. No, I'm just saying like, we we should sort of start to sort of move through this because I know we want to touch a little bit on uh, some of the fights that are coming our way um, this 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 coming weekend in London. Um, we have biggest... to we have to mention the the proud of me dad now moment. Uh, did did you see that? Go on. The the, the in his post fight interview, Pantoja saying, "You proud of me, dad? You proud of me now, dad? You mm. proud of me now?" And then I think he went on like Helwani's show and spoke about his dad having some, I think it was maybe some drinking problems and, and, and stuff like that. And clearly there's family dis, yeah, dysfunctional or disrupted kind of family dynamic there between him and his dad. And God, that was that was quite an emotional thing for him to say, you're proud of me now, dad. And whatever's gone into that relationship culminating in him achieving this amazing thing and saying on the mic to millions of people, you proud of me now, Dad? Um, I just found that really moving. I thought that was yeah, an amazing moment. Um, and I think we also have to talk about Drickus Duplessis, Robert Drickus, don't we? I mean, I'm not a fan of Biggest Drickus, and but I, I mean, undeniable. I mean, he done a number, didn't he, on on Bobby Knuckles? And yeah, I mean. That shakes things up, doesn't it? I, I rewatched the fight this morning. It's not as one-sided as I remember. Robert Whittaker is actually winning the fight for the first kind of like three minutes of it, not mm. by doing a huge amount, but, but and then Drickus uh, gets him down and lands some heavy ground and pound. Obviously, wins the fight, and then in the second round, Rob's doing very, very well until he lands this really awkward shot on Rob that's like, I don't know if it's like a stutter kind of right or whatever weird, it was. Wasn't it? That re- it was really weird. So it's come out of complete nowhere and didn't look that powerful, mm. but clearly it was. And Rob was really rocked and then just on skates and struggling for the rest of the, what remained of that, that fight. Um, really impressive from Drickus. I think there's hardly anyone that thought Drickus could beat Robert Whittaker. I don't think Robert Whittaker looked right. 
And I don't think enough people are talking about that. He was breathing through his mouth a bit, almost doing a bit of a drickus. I don't. I I wouldn't be surprised if Rob's the type of guy to keep stuff to himself and not want to take away from another fighter's success. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out something was going on with Rob. He wasn't well. He had a bad weight cut. Something. I don't want to take away from Drickus. It sounds like I am, mm. but I, I not enough people talk about. It. And I just think you watch that fight, and I'm like, he doesn't look the same. I don't yeah. know what it is, but he didn't look right. But credit to Drickus, he did phenomenally well. Clearly, the nose job helped him uh, with yeah. his cardio and stuff, and that did make a difference. Um, what did you think of the uh, the face-off between Izzy and Drickus? Because obviously there was a lot of, uh, well, bad language and, and N-words being thrown around there a lot. What, what did you think of, of that as a face-off? Um, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's probably not marketable because of the, the language that was used. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy it when he was, when, when it cut to the crowd and he was just eyeballing him. And, uh, and then, you know, Drickus was actually, I'm not a fan of Drickus, but when he was talking, he was very respectful to, to Robert Whitaker, you know, said, yeah. you know, said he was, you know, I'm, I'm, if I remember, don't, quote me on this but he was saying you know he was someone that he was a hero of his and um, you know he had a fighter's only poster of him on his wall yeah that's right and you know to to have someone have that moment and then yeah for 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 easy to come in and completely rob him of his moment and uh yeah i don't know i i I weren't into it i'm a big fan of um adesanya but um I, i weren't on board with with, with, with how that went down, I just thought, oh, this is this is not really what what I want to see. But uh, but it, you know, it's gonna, I, I guess, hype the potential fight, and you know, but it, it weren't weren't what I wanted. What about you? I um I, I'm always a fan of face offs in the cage. I love it. I'm mm. a, I'm a big fan of that stuff. I know it's not always your cup of tea. I quite like it. I didn't like. I mean. It's difficult. We're two kind of middle-aged white men, so it's really difficult for us to understand and talk about with any genuine knowledge about what it is for someone like Israel Adesanya to have come from Nigeria and moved to New Zealand and then for a white South African man to basically say him and Kamaru Usman and all that, that, that they're not... Uh, the real Africans that uh, we can't understand what that, that feels like. Having said that, the use of that word constantly over and over and over, over again, uh, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I I don't know what that was achieving. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people that loved it, but what, what it does for me is it makes me feel, and this I said this in the lead up to this fight about the um, racially motivated kind of uh, uh, promos that could be used by the UFC and in general for the, a, a potential fight between Drikas and, and Israel Adesanya. And I said it made me very uncomfortable and I don't think that the MMA social media community as a whole uh, is mature enough to to kind of deal with this, and what I feel like we're going to be left with is a situation where there's some idiots out there 
thinking that this is almost like a white v black thing or something like that. And I, that makes me so uncomfortable because that's not what this should be about. Uh, I'm not here for that at all. I'm it's definitely referencing, of, you know, an element of, of apartheid, really, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, look, and looking back at, you know, historical uh, stuff that went down. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't really want to get bogged down into the politics of this fight, but seeing that verbalised so much in that octagon, uh, it's, you know, like I say, we are, I, I, I'm more more blown away at the fact that you put me and you in the same age bracket when you said we're both middle aged uh, <laughs> men. Oh, I'm really impressed with that. Well, I haven't <laughs> dyed my, my egg. I haven't dyed my hair grey yet, but uh, that day that day's fast approaching. I'm sure. Um, so, uh, so yeah, well, I look. don't know. It's it's. I, I'm more interested in the fight now. Not 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 from the face off. Not just from from DDP's performance. I'm now going. Okay, you might have more to offer Adesanya than I thought you did. And now I'm more interested in that fight. But I don't want any part of some kind of racially motivated build-up. I don't want it. I don't think it's good for the sport. I don't like that at all. But as a just a fight, because of what Drickus did against Rob, I'm way more here for it as a contest. Well, we have been talking forever and a day about the fact that, you know, Robert Whitaker, he's... he's by far leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else in that division, but just can't seem to get the the nod over Izzy. And, you know, he's been removed from that position now. And so, yeah, it makes for an interesting fight. And, you know, I think I, I thought that, that Bobby Knuckles was going to ragdoll him for a round and then gas him and, 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 and finish him. And, well, we got that wrong. Um, yeah. But, so it does make for an exciting fight. But um, if we can just go back to uh, incredible people with uh, peroxide hair, um, Dan Hooker. Oh, oh my life! I mean, fight of the night for me. Like, yeah. Well, well, like, I, I don't know. I think Pantoja Moreno has to take mm, fight of the night. I don't but, know. I, but, I, I, you know. but it was. Isn't it great that on the same card we're going this one? No, this one. That is because yeah. that was another. That was a corker as well. Mm. That was that was kind of consistently more all action, I think. Whereas yeah. Pantoja Moreno, because it was a five rounder, had moments where someone was on the back for long periods of time yeah. or, or, or something like that. But, uh, but oh man, what a fight! What a mm. fight! And Jalen Turner, I thought, was doing Jalen Turner things and then sort of gassed out a little bit. And Dan Hooker came back. I mean, what a performance! Dan Hooker's the man, isn't he? Like, broke broken arm, broken orbital. That's a scratch. Oh my god, what a that guy's fucking mental. I, Peroxide that... hair, blood stained. He looked like a savage, didn't he? Oh my god, blonde hooker. I mean, we didn't think Dan Hooker could get any tougher. Give him yeah. some blonde hair, and he's just like breaking arms and orbital bones, just carrying on like Wolverine. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, absolutely crazy. Feel sorry for Jalen Turner because he put on a good fight, but I think he just kind of gassed out a bit. But you got to love Dan Hooker, man. That was unbelievable. And other than that, probably the feel-good moment of the whole evening was Robbie Lawler on his retirement fight mm. just smashing Nico Price. We don't see this often, do we? When no. fighters that are legends, that we all love, that are former champions, that, that are... You know, we've given a part of our hearts to, in a way, when we watch them and we've seen them do so well and put on these amazing fights, and then we've seen them decline, and it, it sort of breaks our hearts a little bit. 
we don't see them ever go out in a great way. Anderson Silva lost a bit of a crappy fight with, with, with Uriah Hall. Um, Frankie Edgar, obviously knocked out savagely by Chris Gutierrez. Um, Brad Pickett that, at the O2, losing oh, the Cheeto. You know what I mean? Michael Bisping to Kelvin Gastelum. Mm. Like, we don't get fairy tale MMA retirements. It does mm. not happen. And Robbie Lawler got it. And it yeah. was just so sweet. It was so sweet because the matchmaking was great. We had matchmaking finally where it wasn't frigging Nate Diaz, Hamzat Shemaev, which they wanted to do, or some yeah. of these other fights that we've seen where they've got, oh, this guy's uh, you know, on his way out. Let's give him a young up-and-coming contender. It was a fight that Robbie could and obviously did win. It was a fair matchup on paper. Mm. And... For him to not only get that quick knockout win, which was so brilliant to watch at the age of like 41 or 42 or whatever Robbie Lawler is now, but then for them to show the VT, to show that video of all his great moments in the octagon dating back to before when, when he had that, um, you know, he started in the UFC, then he kind of left for a while, then he came back and became champ. And what a phenomenal moment in time for us to all sit back and watch that with a Robbie Lawler that's in tears thinking about his retirement and, and, and looking at his greatest moments. And we need more of that in mm. MMA. Can we treat our legends with just a little bit more fairness and just give them matchups where you go, this is a fight you could actually win and we're going to prepare a, a really fond farewell VT. And maybe if they lose, we can still go, look, mate, yeah, I know you've lost, but look at these great moments and we can all share in that uh, as audience members at home and, and live in, in the arenas. I want to see more of that. I really do. And I, I, I thought that Robbie Lawler got that incredibly rare fairy tale MMA ending. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we should also just quickly mention that obviously uh, wrestling supremo Bo Nickel um, displayed some, some, some heavy hands as well. Uh, so I think that makes the prospect of his you know, his future even more interesting to, to MMA fans. I mean, it was a last-minute yeah, switch of opponent. And um, I believe that opponent is a lightweight or, yeah, a, or a weight yeah. or something as well. Like, as I, we've I, mentioned I, I before. I didn't put too much stock in it. I mean, it's a great win. Well done. Yeah. He's done what the UFC want. He's on the main cards. and it, it's Well done. No, no disrespect to Bo. But it's, it doesn't mean much to me at this stage, really. Yeah, he's he's got you know he's got plenty more to prove yet in uh, in in MMA. Um, okay, well look, um, should we just uh, look ahead to a couple of the fights from uh, this this upcoming weekend at the O2 in London? Yes, absolutely. I suppose we should start with the uh, the main event: Aspinall versus Tybora. I suppose the big question that no one will have the answer to until the fight happens is how's Tom's knee going to be like he mm. tore what was his ACL MCL was something or maybe both in that fight with Curtis Blades um, he's obviously saying it's fine but you wouldn't say otherwise um, looks in fantastic shape yeah looks really yeah. good looks really trim like I think he's been doing something over the last year while he's been out where he's just really sorted out his not that he looked bad before but I think his strength and conditioning I, I think we're going to see possibly a Tom Aspinall 2.0 oh, as long as the uh, as long as the knee's good we could, we Let's could also an, an talk about people getting lean. Martin Tybura, like he looks yeah. super lean. Like, what's going on I, with I, these heavyweights actually doing a diet or something? 
<laughs> like, You're a heavyweight. You're supposed to be fat. Like, yeah, he 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 looked at the from my from my perspective, he looked the the the, the leanest he's ever been. Um, I mean, if we look at the event as a whole, and uh, and and obviously, you know, I don't want to to moan about it because we're going and 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 you know we're gonna get to, to to be present there as media which is very exciting but looking at past london cards you know obviously we're, we're, we're fans of all the british fighters that are on that card and we've you know all of them have been guests on this show um but yes obviously tom you know a, a highly ranked heavyweight is you know topping the cards fantastic there's no belts on the line um in, in on, on this card and and something that 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 we mentioned this morning was something that really surprised me as well is there's tickets still available for this Saturday's event at the O2. Now, previously to my knowledge, them tickets were rocking all shit. You could not get them for love and the money. And they went like that. I don't know if that was something to do with, um, Leon and, and there being a belt on the line or the explosion in Paddy Pimlet, you know, mania, I don't know. Um, is this card, aside from Tom, and maybe Molly, like, is that, is this card not salacious enough for maybe the casuals? I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I think that we've been very lucky with the cards we've got. Like, sure. when you look, look, I mean, you, you can't expect belts on the line because it's a fight night outside of, you know, America and, and Vegas. And, and they're very rare to get a belt on the line. And we were very lucky to get that with Leon Edwards. And not only that, also to have someone like Justin Cagey in the, in the co-main sure. event. I think we can count ourselves very fortunate that we had that. And that's another reason why the tickets were gone so quickly was, you know, it was a UFC pay-per-view event in the UK, which, yeah. you know, the last time that happened was Bisping many, many years prior up in Manchester. So that is why. If you compare it to the actual London fight nights that we've had previously, it maybe doesn't have the starry appeal as, as much as some others did because we had Arnold Allen, Dan Hooker on one of them, which was a phenomenal fight with implications for Arnold Allen in terms of really moving him into that title picture. Um, we had Paddy on other cards as well, who's a huge star. Um, and Molly as well coming off of off of wins and, yeah. and, and showcasing her, her talent and being seen as someone that maybe or maybe not could really do well in the in the flyweight women's rankings. She's now coming off a loss, albeit to Erin Blanchfield, who, you know, is a legit title contender now after what she did to Jessica Andrade. So no yeah. shame in that at all. Um but so maybe the momentum of some of the British fighters isn't there as much. You know, Paddy's not fighting on the card. Tom's coming off of a bad injury. Uh, technically a loss to Curtis Blaze, even though I don't really see it as a loss. And I don't think many British fight fans no, would. No. I think we're all quite excited to see Tom back. Um, of course. But yeah, it's, it's not got an Arnold Allen boosting the card. It's not got a Paddy Pimblett boosting the card. So maybe that is why. Also, when we went last year in March, it was the first card to be in London for three years. Then you sure, get another one point. in July off the back of... The, that, that March card back in 22 was unbelievable. The place yeah. was rocking from start to finish. Other yeah. than uh, like two British fighters, every other British fighter won. Yeah. 
yeah. on that card as well. It was unbelievable. The place was rocking from start to finish. It was one of the best sporting events I've ever been to in my life. July, July card, as I said, had Arnold Allen. The, the, suffered with, with Tom's uh, uh, injured leg and all that, but we had Paddy win. We had Molly win. We had all these great moments as well. Um, so that sold out really quick because it was off the back of the March card. Then we get a pay-per-view event. First pay-per-view in years in the UK. That's going to sell really quickly. I don't want the UFC to do any less than two cards in the UK a year. I love it. I absolutely love going there. I love that it gives the UK fighters a chance to, to showcase their talents on a big stage and to have the, the home crowd cheering them on. But for the casual fan, when you take into account the price of the tickets, uh, is, is it being a bit oversaturated? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, for one, am very excited but very privileged to be able to go uh, in our capacity with the MMA Fan Podcast. I, I can't speak for people outside of that, whether they're looking at the prices and saying it's too much or, or what, I don't know. But there are tickets still available, it seems. Uh, the cheapest ones I saw today were about 135 quid for quite far back. So I don't know if there's other deals out there. That was on like the O2 website. There might be other deals out there and stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting oh. one. But I'm obviously hoping for the sake of the fighters that it does sell out very quickly, whether that's due to people reducing prices quite late or what are getting deals on, on certain ticket sites. I'm, I'm not cost sure. Cost of living but, crisis. Uh, We're in the thick of it. You know, well, a lot of people thing, might not have that, that, you know, disposable income that they maybe had a year ago. You know, that's it. You know, cost of living, energy, all of the energy crisis, all, all of these things could mm. be, could be playing a factor. The, you know, mm. as I say, it'd be interesting I had to, to I had to, I had to bring that up because I know at Harrison Towers, you know, the, 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 this stuff isn't a, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I know you your just, staff go and do your you shopping just, for you. You've just been to Corsica and you've had your hair dyed grey slash Charles Oliveira blonde. I don't know what you're talking about. Fucking Harrison Towers. Um, um, but look, when it comes to the main event, I do think there's a lot to be said for it. I think Tom coming back from injury is is fascinating. Um, and is he going to show the Tom Aspinall that we saw in the lead up to that Curtis Blades fight? If he does, got to be close to a title shot. He's ranked fifth already. Um, but Tybura's no joke. You know, mm. he's only lost once in three years, seven winning seven out of eight. And his only loss was to Volkov. Now, we know Tom mm. dispatched a Volkov uh, really, really uh, tidily back in, was it March of last year? Mm. Um who did Volkov but, fight after that and doing that? Oh, was it Tabura and done an actual number on him? Maybe, maybe it was. Yeah, I can't maybe remember. Maybe it was that fight. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but you know, Tabura's no joke. I don't think he should be Tom Aspinall level, and I think depending on how well Tabura does against Tom, will tell me more about Tom's place after the injury than it will about Tabura. I think I know who Tabura is, and I think I know where his level is, if that, if I could be so rude. I don't... Yeah. It's interesting to see where Tom's at after the knee. And if Tabura yeah. does well against Tom, I'm going to... Even if Tom wins, I'm going to be concerned about Tom coming back in his knee, and maybe you just yeah. need a bit more time. But I'm expecting Tom to go out there and do a number on on Tybora. I, I think he totally can do that. And then in the, the, the co-main event, Molly McCann versus Julia Stoliarenko. I don't understand this fight hugely because we've seen Stoliarenko collapse almost, or did basically on the scales making 135. 
So why she's making 125 mm. or how she's making 125, I I don't know. Stolyarenko's only, I think, won one in her last five, maybe. Mm. Um, so this feels it's... like it's sort of set up for Molly to, to do well. Which would be and, great and would, would, would you know, get the crowd buzzing for, for the main event. But, uh, but it just seems like a strange fight to make for someone that, that struggled with weight at 135 to then uh, Cut compete more. at 125. But maybe there's mm. something going on we don't know about. She could have tra- changed nutritionist's diet, done something else. Maybe she was ill previously. I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Uh, well, maybe you, you can ask her tomorrow. Time. Maybe I will, mate. Mm. Maybe I will. <laughs> um. I mean, there's, there's, obviously, there's there's lots of fighters that have been on previous uh, UFC London um, cards. Um, obviously, um, I think uh, we've got Lerone Murphy, uh, Jai Herbert, uh, Nathaniel Wood. Uh, great to see Davy Grant on London card. Um, Mark De Casey. Um, there's there's some great fighters on there, and I mean, Nathaniel's fighting um, Andre Philly. Um, I mean that's a that's a great fight, and uh, be interested to see um, how that goes. Um, did you see any social media today? Not really, no. So um, the the fighters had arrived at uh, the fighters hotel um, for media day uh, tomorrow, so they're, they're just settling in. and And I saw a little video of um, I don't know if you remember a little while ago you asked Nathaniel Wood some some probing questions about Lerone Murphy and then I think you then took them questions back to to Lerone Murphy when we interviewed him a week later and uh, and and it seemed to sort of ruffle Lerone's feathers a little bit and uh, and so you you lit that fuse uh, and then today I watched I watched it really blaze um, because what it looks like from the video and. Uh, is Nathaniel goes up to, uh, it looks like Nathaniel's approached Lerone as, as Lerone's waiting to get in the lift uh, and has sort of said, I, I presume the stuff that wasn't captured on camera was like, what's the score, man? Something along them lines. Like, you know, we call, like, what's going on? And uh, because Nathaniel said that he was going to put on a masterclass if that fight against Lerone would have happened. And, and I do feel that that's a perfectly good thing to say if you're in a fight. You know, he had already said about going for a beer with him um, afterwards, but as a, as a fighter, you, you know, you should have self-belief and you should be able to go, I'm going to put on a masterclass. But that was said after he'd pulled out of the fight due to injury. A legit injury, we saw the injury happen, you know, on uh, on video. Um, and Lerone felt uncomfortable with that. Uh, and so that come to light in the in the uh, in, in in the, the fight hotel uh, to, to, today, I believe. And and yeah, Lerone was not happy. He was like, you could see Nathaniel was seem very calm, just saying, "Look, you know, I was saying I'm going to put on a masterclass. Like, why wouldn't I say that?" And yeah, Lerone was, you know, I, I guess he's cutting weight again. So the, you know, this was when these conversations were being had. So yeah, let's, don't do know. the conversations now, boys. <laughs> not when you're both really hungry. Don't, don't don't do the conversations now. Uh, I, it's not my fault. I, it's it's your I, fault. It's, it's your not, fault. I didn't do anything. I it just is. I was said it really nicely. I was like, mm. he wishes you all the best. And, but I do feel a bit bad because I'm quite a sensitive soul, uh, mm. and I feel feel a bit bad about it. But I I think actually I I may have seen some of this clip, 
And I think Lerone's problem with it is nothing to do with me. It's to do with, as you say, the, the masterclass com- yeah. <laughs> master <class> comment. <laughs> um, I can sort of see both sides of it, if I'm honest. Because, like, as you say, I, I think what Nathaniel was saying was, was completely harmless and was, was mm. just being like, I'm gutted, I'm not fighting, I felt really good and I was going to, you know, put on a really good show. That's basically what Nathaniel was trying to say. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I can also see why someone saying they're going to put on a masterclass in a fight against you Mm. is slightly riles you up a little bit for Lerone's point of view. So I've... Just, yeah, I hope they sort it out, but it doesn't seem like they are. But it might lead up to a cracking kind of fight. Absolutely. It might lead up to a really good fight between the two of them. Um, I mean, you're such a warrior, and I love, I love, when I saw that video, I thought, I can't wait for him to see this because I'm going to wind him up and blame him for it. Um, But... You know, uh, for listeners of this podcast, then you're very aware we're not the, the type of podcasters that that prod for salacious information, you know, or try and start any beef. That's not how we operate at all. And you know, all of them questions that 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 that, that you, not me, asked um, <laughs> were uh, were obviously completely genuine. And we were saying, you know, we we didn't want to see that fight because you're two absolute yeah. prospects that. You know, we didn't want to see two Brits fight when, you know, we'd rather see you both go on to establish yourself even further in the rankings and, and then it could be a, a huge fight. And and obviously, you know, we loved the fact that it was like afterwards we'll have a beer. That's the kind of people that we are. We like that kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the way that fighters carry themselves like that. It's fantastic. But, yeah, for some reason... Yeah, a couple of days after he just seen looked on Twitter and I was like, oh no, they're still going on about that comment. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so yeah, well, it does look like at some point, unless one of them, you know, just completely surpasses the other in terms of performances and stuff. If they both continue on a winning trajectory, mm. it makes sense to do that fight at, at some point. Mm. And I hope for both of their sakes that. If they don't bump into you at media day because you're going to put a beat down on them? <laughs> no, no, no. I hope for my sake they don't bump into media day. But I hope for their sakes that if this beef continues, that they can get something out of it. Because I do think they're both really great guys. I don't, you know, necessarily want to see them fight. Other than the fact that I think it would be a cracking fight. I think they're both very talented. I think it'd be a very, very good fight. I think... Um, for their sakes, I hope they can monetize it. And I hope that it is something that they get put in a co-main event or, or something like that, where they will earn more money off the back of this being a more anticipated fight because there is some beef between them. But we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and yeah, and, uh, obviously we wish um, Nathaniel, Lerone and all the British fighters on that card the best of luck. Uh, this Saturday. Um, if you want to uh, get a little bit more information uh, on that, some of them conversations that were had with Lerone and, uh, and Nathaniel, I mean, we've had we've had them both on twice now, have we? Yeah, I think both we have. On we've, twice. Had, yeah, we've yeah. had Nate and Lerone on twice, and yeah, uh, the first episodes with with guests uh, with, with those two, and all of our guests genuine, uh, generally are a more deep dive into the, the fighters' careers and how they got into mixed martial arts, and and Lerone's story is. Unbelievable! I mean that that guy's lived a life, and uh, and yeah, I mean if if a cat has nine lives, I don't know how many Lerone Murphy's got because yeah. uh, he, he's had quite some journey, and I'd, I'd urge you to go and listen to that. And and speaking of other fighters, um, we've had Tommy Aspinall on, 
and uh, and and also yeah, have a have a deep dive in that back catalogue because we've had uh, Paddy on a few times. We've had Molly on. Uh, we've had absolute UK MMA legend uh, Michael Bispin, Dan Hardy, uh, and I imagine um, he'll be the third man in the octagon this Saturday. Mark Goddard, great chat with um, with Mark, uh, and then we've also as, as mentioned Grant. at the very beginning. Davey Grant, Grant oh, one of the loveliest guys you'll ever yeah. ever chat to, and uh, and who else have we had? Oh, Jai um, Herbert. We've had him on twice. Twice we've had him on there. Um, Alexander, what's his name? Alexander Volker. Oh, Alexander uh, the Great Vol Vol. I don't know his name. His name escapes me, but he's he's some champion, some featherweight champion. Yeah, um, yeah. Had him on a couple of times. So, yeah, go and check out those episodes. Um, and Molly, of course, lastly. We've had Molly, Molly on a few yep, times. Yep. So go uh, go check them ones out. Um, and while you're there, why not subscribe um, over on YouTube and whatever listening platform you listen on. Uh, and, yeah, drop us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. Tag people in you'd like to see us um, interview. We'd, you know, if, you, if you've not had them on and you think they'd make an interesting conversation, let us know um, because, uh, yeah, we want to give you what you want. Um, we done? I think we're done. We went, went longer than I thought we would. I suppose we, we will be uh, probably doing said. like a... Oh. Uh, I think we will be going uh, longer than... What? Now you've made me think about other things. Uh, I think we will be doing a post-London episode after the card on Saturday. But also we have for you coming up soon is a great chat with uh, Kaylin Lochran, the uh, current Cage Warriors bantamweight champion. And uh, we will be hopefully getting you some very special interviews coming away. I don't want to jinx it because the last time we did this, no, I did I want, mention I was it and so I did excited. jinx it. And, yeah. and so I'm not going to say it, but we've got an yeah. awesome interview coming your way as well uh, that we're hopefully going to sort out this week. But I'm not going to say who it is because we jinxed this too many times now when we've said that in Absolutely. the past. I've learned my lesson. Right. I think we're done. See you later. Bye.